Usually, the conversation about retirement planning focuses on what to do. Today, we turn things on their head and we talk about the worst retirement advice you could follow. And we offer alternative, positive things that you could do. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Fred Sade is going to call out bad financial advice wherever you hear it. It could be at work or it could be from your neighbor or you're at the Thanksgiving table. But, you know, people do it and people receive it. Bad financial advice. That's our subject matter on the podcast today. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred is founder and managing director of this fiduciary firm in the financial services industry for years. He is a fiduciary and holds a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University. Uh, Fred, I guess I get to play the role of the person giving the bad advice and you're going to set me straight here <laughs> all right is that what we're doing yeah that all works right. for me that works for okay. me well here's the first one um, it's impossible to predict where taxes will be at retirement so don't worry much what's the bad advice well, there yeah well it's that's kind of dangerous uh advice a lot of people are worried about taxes today and they seem to think that taxes are going to be going to take care of themselves and they'll be all right. I, I think in many cases they don't really understand um, taxation and how the system uh, actually works. And when you use tax deferreds, you're not really getting a deduction. You're really getting an exemption from income. And eventually, that money has to be taxed at a future point at some unknown rate of taxation. So why not mix mix it up and, and have tax deferred, taxable, so you can take advantage of capital gains and also have tax freeze uh, like Roths, which will never uh, be taxed. And it's it's really important to get professional advice here because that's going to impact your distribution strategy. It's not only how much money you're going to have available, but frankly, it's, it's how long your money is going to last. And it, it, you want to know that, and, and that can be modeled out for you. So it's important to you know, have the best possible strategies for your for your future. But you get you really at the end of the day, you get you get to say uh, you get to say how you want your money to work for you. It's up to you. That's it at the end of the day. But it is critical to have that the good planning in, in place and, and and good proactive tax strategies. Here's another piece of bad advice. Uh, you won't be spending as much in retirement as you do now. How could we know that? 
It's it's impossible. I mean, instead of having a plan, you're depending on luck. And uh, you have to expect that inflation is going to continue. And even at a low rate of inflation, it still drives up the cost of, of, of the goods and services that you spend your money on. But at present, uh, <clears throat> the... Um, Budget deficits, this continued spending stimulates the economy, it increases the rate of inflation. And it also there's there's a ten trillion dollar wedge that that just can't be gotten rid of and it's it's this spending that was that that was done and and we're just left with this. So for the next twenty, thirty years we're going we're going to have this 10 trillion dollar wedge and you you can't inflate your way out of it you can't debase the currency enough to get rid of the of the debt so you have to think about your longevity you have to think about the cost of living you've got to think about healthcare all these things uh, are uh, in the mix uh, you also have to decide what do you want your money to do for you? What is it that you're going to do in retirement that you're going to need your your money for? And, and health care will also be something you have to think about, maybe travel, whatever it, whatever it happens to be. There are so many possibilities. So but don't assume that uh, you know that you're going to need less or spend less, especially if you're if you're uh, very very heavily tax deferred. You've got to you've got to deal with all that taxation uh, as well. So that's it's that's just not good advice. Yeah, I mean uh, nobody wants to downgrade their lifestyle in retirement. You also have to factor the later years uh, that could be a, a mounting health care cost in there too. So I yeah. know that you know, Fred, you. You have to look at the now and you have to look at the future. And you also have to look at Social Security because there's not just a turn the light switch on with that. What you, you have to, every, It's different for everyone how they claim. Because the next piece of bad advice is that Social Security benefits are going to be enough to live off of in retirement. Well, right now they're not. They were never intended to be uh, the be-all and the end-all. They were meant as a supplement to private thrift. And uh, some people are unable uh, to be able to supplement that. Some are unwilling. And even if you're wealthy, you need to think about a proper Social Security strategy. And, and, uh, and it's, it's really um, important to understand what your options are and also the tax implications of, of Social Security. Uh, and it, it's the amount. So something has to be done about Social Security. And it's just it's a population uh, issue. There aren't enough working people. There are not enough live births to support the system as it as it is. I don't know what the solution uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be every time they talk about having you know, a bipartisan uh, commission. You know what that what that's going to be, you're going to wind up with a tax increase that doesn't necessarily solve, you know, solve the problem. Uh, there are a lot of solutions uh, out there, but but there's no serious conversation about what what to do about Social Security. And you also have to do something about Medicare. Medicare is two years away from insolvency. So what what happens there? The Obama administration 
took took money from Social Security to uh, backstop uh, Medicare. It's not the first time it's been done, so I'm not criticizing uh, the Obama administration. I'm, I'm just simply saying that that was a stopgap. It bought time, but it hasn't been addressed. And you know what happens. Uh, we, go, we go to the edge of the cliff, and, and the answer is throw more money at it, and, mm -hmm. and that doesn't solve the uh, you know the, the the problem and with longevity being uh, what it is, uh, I, I think it's a pretty good bet that people in their twenties, thirties, and early forties they're going to have a different social security system mm -hmm. uh, than people who are in retirement or say five years either way uh, from retirement. I think they're going to keep the 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 present system, but younger folks just are going to have to they're going to have to just address the the problem. And I and I really think part part of it has to be done the way some states have done, such as Pennsylvania, uh, where uh, it, they have a four hundred one k like um, alternative uh, for for people and uh, w with some guaranteed floor. And I think that makes a lot of sense, and I, I don't see any reason why that couldn't be done at the federal level. Do you remember the talk of privatizing it? Um, what well, was at least this? Yeah, at least, at least part of it, that, part of which it. is what they've done you know, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, where you get a choice whether you want to be in the traditional defined benefit or you want to be in defined contribution. Uh, what they tell you is we're spending X amount of money for you how do you want it? How do you want us to do it? Yeah, and, and and that makes them to me that makes a lot of sense. Curious your take on this. Um, your take on the you earned it, you keep it act. That legislation that's been reintroduced. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. This was introduced by Representative Angie Craig, a, a Democrat from Minnesota, reintroduced this legislation, and what it would do is eliminate uh, Social Security being subject to federal taxation. But what it would also do is one of the, one of the things we you know, have talked about as a possible solution is uh, the cap, uh, and currently that's at one sixty eight six. It looks like it may be some kind of a donut hole where it would reapply the Social Security tax uh, for those making uh, yeah. more than two hundred fifty thousand. So supposedly, and this is just in the House now, so who knows where it's going to go? But supposedly, it would buy a little more time up to I think the year was twenty fifty. Well. I would I would really like to see, you know, I like the idea. Social Security is a tax. You already taxed once. Why should you be taxed again? Yeah. The, um, the, the Reagan thresholds have never been adjusted for inflation. The um, Republican tax writing committee, the, who, you know, from that came the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, in the initial... Uh, conversations and in the original draft, they, they were going to index that. Uh, and then they got the CBO report, and the CBO report was, you know, just had too big a hole uh, in, in the deficit that this thing was going to blow. So they, they left it alone. The CBO says the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act to date uh, created a $1.4 trillion deficit. Um, whether that's true or not, I, I don't know, but that's the CBO's. Uh, report. Now, I don't know if that was done with static uh, accounting or they did it with uh, dynamic uh, accounting. They, they usually do both. Uh, so they satisfy 
uh, all points of, of view in an effort to be bipartisan. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, the only the only way that you can really make Social Security viable uh, is is to have some exposure to the equity markets. Whether you, you know, do that uh, with some sort of uh, uh, volatility control, uh, some kind of flooring. I mean, you already have those products available uh, in the in the uh, equity. Uh, markets where, you, where you've got flooring, so you can't lose be, be below a certain floor, and it caps out the high side uh, as well. Uh, it's different than uh, you know than an index annuity where uh, where 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 you're at zero principal loss. So they, there is some possibility of principal loss, but it floors out for you, so you're not you're not uh, uh, totally exposed uh, to the uh, to the volatility of uh, of the market. I mean, I I don't know where this is going. There's yeah, so much conversation uh, about this, but I am very skeptical about uh, setting up a uh, setting up a commission. You know, President Obama set up a. Um, a commission for health care, and, and he didn't even attend uh, uh, the, the the presentation of their report. So uh, wow. you can draw whatever yeah. conclusions you want about the purpose of commissions. We had the 9-11 commission, and that, despite uh, uh, Tom Kane, the former governor of New Jersey's best efforts, that didn't get much traction either. So Well— and I was just, I pulled up, uh, it was another article here on uh, Kipling, and uh, on this, you earned it, you keep it legislation in the House now. And I think I said it wrong. Well, first off, uh, it's it's supposed to fully fund until the year uh, 2054. Um, mm. And if it were to pass, and, you know, again, it's just in the House now. But I think I had it wrong on the donut hole. I think it said, here's what the wording from the Kiplinger report, but you earned it, you keep it, would further increase the wage limit to over 250000 where it's currently at 168.6 for this year, where after you earn that for the year, you're no longer subject for the rest of the year to the payroll Social Security tax. So I don't know. We'll see um, what happens. And also, someone pointed out to me just one more thing on Social Security, and I'd never thought about this. But what is the years of 23, 2033, 2034, where it hits trouble? Um, that it, it, That's 10 years from now. So right. um, millennials will be more in power then. And, yep. and, uh, and so looking at the options of taxing younger people more or changing their benefits or are delaying being able to claim could actually anger them. Do we want to anger them? Because they're going to be more in control of things. I would hope not. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, Anyway, we'll have to see. There there were other things, too. I mean, the Social Security system needs to be reformed, but also needs to be reformed how they— how they implement Social Security, what uh, th- the things that they do, how they uh, mistreat uh, widows, uh, the, these clawbacks. Uh, uh, Larry Kotlikoff, a professor of economics at uh, Boston University, has been very much in the forefront uh, on the clawbacks. I mean, they, they really do some terrible things uh, to people. I say that uh, 30 years ago, they overpaid you, and you now owe them a quarter of a million dollars. You got 30 days to write us a check what? kind of thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, Kotlikoff was interviewed on CBS, and he's he's got a book out uh, that he co-authored um, with a CBS personality. 
uh, or someone that has access to CBS. And um, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a horror story. Horror story after horror story. You get a few of these are in the are in the press and the media, but but not not enough that uh, and um, uh, and he brought some of this to the attention of the inspector general, particularly the um, mistreatment of widows. And uh, the inspector general every quarter talked that problem's not been fixed, but there's no interest in fixing it. Mm. It's just how these people are. People are trained, and and it's it's a lot of money that is uh, that is not dispensed up to people who are entitled to that uh, uh, to that money, and um, you know this this year uh, one of the uh, claiming rules goes away uh, with the argument that uh, um, you know that this uh, additional spousal benefits the one that's going away. Uh, you know, the argument was that the system was being gamed and uh, there was no reason to allow it to be gamed. So 2015, uh, one rule sunset in six months and this one sunsets this year. So from, from this point on, uh, the deeming rules will, will apply. And, and, that, and it, that's, the deeming rules get misused when it comes to the widow's benefit. That's a much, that's a much longer conversation in, in how Social Security misuses it and has no interest in fixing the problem. Well, uh, Fred um, obviously can't offer solutions uh, that the government faces with Social Security's challenges in 2033 or 34, but he can offer solutions for you in helping you to maximize your Social Security. And in everything else that we're talking about on the show today, we're going through bad advice and Fred's correcting that bad financial advice. We've already covered uh, being proactive in your taxes, having a good sound spending plan, maximizing Social Security. And coming up, we'll finish out our list of some of the worst pieces of retirement planning advice and, and corrections on that from Fred Sade. That's next on Money Matters USA. Hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, and fire. These are serious situations that we plan in advance for. The volatility of the market can be just as devastating. Get a plan meant to last, properly balanced, fully customized. That way, when a market correction does occur, you'll be ready. Call Fred Sade at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Can get in touch with Fred Sade and talk about your financial life, and especially if you're near retirement, because that is Fred's area of focus. Call 800-593-8188. Again, that's 800-593-8188. You can also visit the website. It's moneymattersusa.net, moneymattersusa.net. You can hear the podcast there. You can learn about Fred and the firm. You can also and should click that uh, red light tab and learn about the red light on the dash board program provided by Fred and Money Matters USA. Again, that's at moneymattersusa.net. Well, uh, Fred Sade, who is uh, founder and managing director of the firm, Money Matters USA, is here to weigh in on uh, bad advice to counter that. And I'm actually giving some bad advice that people do hear. And um, these are commonly uttered by maybe more lay people in the financial universe. So let's get into the next one. If you encounter an emergency, borrow from your retirement accounts. Why is that bad advice? It's terrible advice. You know, the SECURE Act uh, 2.0 has really 
caused uh, some havoc here because it's confusing the purpose of the 401k plan. 401k plan is meant to be a intended to be a way to to help you fund your retirement by giving you exposure to equities and then equities and uh, and and bonds if that's uh, if that's your choice. And to tell people that if you run into a crunch, take money out of your retirement plan. Well, how how does that help? It's difficult enough. Oh, it's very hard, almost impossible. It's difficult enough to get people to think about their future self. They just can't. They they think they talk about their future self in, in the third person. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got to uh, have very small goals and objectives of two three years at a time, and in order to get people to to uh, forego current consumption. And, and save for the future because you're literally sending money out in the future future time. So it's going to be out there waiting for you when there's no more money coming in from your work. But if you are currently spending it, what happens? How, you, you, how are you going to make that up? When you get out to the point where there's no more money coming in from your work, where's the money going, going to come from? And what's that pile uh, going to uh, look like. So it, you you really need to give yourself to take advantage of, of time uh, uh, and be able to make up losses that, you, I mean, when you're in your 30s, 40s, uh, that's, that's the time uh, to be uh, putting money away, taking risks, trying to get as much money as you possibly uh, can but don't put yourself in a position where you've where you've not only consumed your your earnings but now you're consuming your your, your savings. Mm-hmm. The thing that you should think about is creating an emergency fund, and it, it, that also comes about thinking about money in, in a different way than most people uh, normally uh, do. But if you do that, then you're not going to look at your retirement accounts as a piggy bank that you that you can raid every every time you feel you got your back up against the wall. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, as you said, I mean, that's money that's uh, you want to be waiting there for you in, in the future yeah. when you retire. Uh, well, we've heard this one before. You need one million dollars to retire comfortably. What's wrong with that statement? <laughs> There's a lot wrong with it. That's just playing the Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street game of, of what's what's your number? Uh, what you there's there's no there's no real answer to that because you really have to decide uh, what you want your money to do for you. And once you figure that out, then you need a budget. Once you have the budget, the budget is the document that will implement for you what you want your money uh, to do uh, for you. And um, when you get to retirement, you're using money that you've created to buy income. It's income that funds your retirement. You don't have fresh money uh, coming coming in. And that you, that going to require help from someone who is a specialist in, in the retirement space. Uh, this is not an acute... When, when you're when you're in the accumulation space, that's a different issue. The problems are different, 
solutions are different when you're in the income space where you're trying to manage risk or what, what you're really afraid of is losing money. And so you need to buy, you need to use money to buy income so that you can then address uh, the, the issue of, uh, how, of, of growth and how much growth you need. It's really a function of, uh, you know, of the amount of income you want, your tax situation, uh, longevity, uh, what you want to do about your kids, grandkids, uh, legacy uh, types of uh, issues. So, uh, you know, the, the, and as we said in the first uh, part uh, of, of the show, um, you know, it, it also depends on what your distribution pattern is, and that's a function of the type of assets that you have. Are they, are they taxable, tax-deferred, uh, or not taxed uh, ever? And that, that the, the distribution order uh, will, will impact that. And let's not forget about fees. Fees are the silent killer uh, here. Uh, they're very dangerous because uh, if, you're, if, if you're young enough, uh, you can wait and, and, uh, and recover. The market will ultimately recover. But, but fees paid, you never recover. That, that's just sunk money. You'll never get that back. You know, how many people think that they're properly diversified coming to you? Uh. And they're not. Yeah, well, that's that's the sixty forty uh, argument. You know, diversify, diversification is okay uh, when stocks and bonds act separately, and the and the idea is that bonds will cushion the uh, the volatility uh, of of equities. But uh, when you when you have extreme volatility, as we have had recently and continue to have. Bonds uh, become uh, act in a way that is similar to equities, called correlation, and there isn't any any difference. So the sixty, this idea of sixty forty does not work in a situation with high volatility. There's absolutely no reason to think, and, and I don't want to give an economics lecture, uh, but there is no reason to think that this situation is going to get any better. Uh, for 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 some for some time, and and it's not in the immediate future because if we keep stimulating the economy, we're going to continue to get inflation, and as long as we continue to get inflation, that creates wage pressure to try to keep pace with inflation. But the wages are again falling. Uh, behind. So people will sit on a couch and say, you know, I can get government benefits, and unless you make it worth my while, I'm not getting off the couch. And that's a, that is a problem. In the United Kingdom, in Great Britain, you've got two and a half million people saying that. Now, that may not sound like much, but in, but in Great Britain, that's a lot. Exactly. That's a smaller country. Yeah. No. So this this is a this is this is a problem uh, that that's been created because of irresponsible spending, and th that and this is not going to be solved uh, overnight. And I don't see any interest uh, within the Congress of, of addressing the spending problem. And so as long <laughs> as they don't address it, uh, it's going to it's going to continue. And that puts the pressure on the Federal Reserve uh, to try to manage the problem, uh, which it can't do on its on its own. So this is this is an unha this is a very unhappy uh, situation that we 
that we have. Now, there is some other research that will argue that, 80, that an 80-20 might be better, maybe, uh, at, or you could have uh, a 70-20. Uh, 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 it, it, it just, I mean, you can, you can flip these you can flip these around, but none of this, none of this matters uh, until you decide what you want your money to do for you. And, and then you can figure out how much do I need to spend to live, to live uh, a lifestyle, and then how much excess money, uh, uncommitted money, do I want every month uh, so that I can spend it for whatever I want. Well, maybe it's travel, maybe it's movies, maybe uh, help my grandkids, uh, help my children, uh, buy some clothing, whatever it might be. There's any number of things, uh, you know, that you can spend, uh, you know, money on. Uh, maybe maybe my convertible car needs a new roof, I, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, I think you really have to, uh, you really have to look at uh, some other assets as well. I mean, you could, you can have rental real estate uh, if you're, if you're good at repairs, uh, you know, uh, and you can get the mortgages paid off. Eventually, you can you can have income come again. Works just like an annuity. So that I mean, you you just have to see what you're what you're confident, what you're comfortable with, uh, and what do you know about, and uh, uh, you know, and, and diversification can work, but it, it depends how it's how it is done. Um, last year, sector investing didn't work that well. And, and it's still challenging right now. I guess that's a wider conversation on how you manage risk. But risk is important uh, because, it, because it's not the same as volatility. Uh, and that's one of the things that we look at is, is, managing, is managing risk uh, because that, that's going to impact uh, your, your income uh, and, and, your, and the stability of, uh, uh, you know, of your assets and, and the amount of income that you're going to be able to draw uh, from them. So... All of this is uh, is all inter is all interconnected, and and the problem, you know, look, the problem is that that people don't have a written uh, plan, uh, and um, most advisors don't don't do written plans. They do they do quick plans. They have three meetings, and and they want to move the money, get paid, get paid assets under management. I'm not criticizing people. For doing what they do, I'm simply saying that uh, th that our process is much more involved. Uh, we have four, five, six, seven, eight, wh whatever number it uh, you know it takes uh, to get people comfortable with it, have their questions answered. So they and, and ultimately, uh, most important of all, they can stop worrying about their money because the money is doing what they want it to do, and they don't have to worry about running out of money uh, for the rest of their of their lifetime. That's, you know, that, that at the end of the day is what it's uh, all about. Uh, life is not a math problem, so don't use a $99 uh, program. You got to get beyond the Excel spreadsheet. I mean, you really have to get into the, uh, you know, the, the, the real issues that are uh, involved uh, and, and not try to say, well, what are you doing? Uh, what they're doing might fit them you, but it might not necessarily fit you, and you can't be certain that uh, uh, that they're doing uh, what what would work, uh, you know, for you. Here's the most important thing that that uh, next next to what I've just said, making your money do what you want it to do, so you can sleep at night and be comfortable. 
the next thing is, remember this. Your advisor is not your friend. You are paying that person to handle your money. Mm -hmm. And if you stop paying them, that you're going you're gonna to see the back of their head. Hmm. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But it is really, in these days, so important to highly consider working with someone who is, like Fred, a fiduciary. And also, like Fred, if you're near retirement, someone who made the decision to focus on retirement. You got me interested in population, Fred, what you were talking about in uh, the U.K. So I did just some quick, uh, quick search on that. The population of the U.K. is 67 million, uh, yeah. whereas it's 331 million in the U.S. But land mass actually doesn't matter because where the um, the population of the U.K. is 67 million, the population of Canada is only 38 million. So it's actually not a land mass thing. Uh, India and China definitely leaders here, right? Wouldn't you say what 1.4 billion? Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, in, you know, India, India is very interesting. Uh, some of the fund complexes are building ETFs right now uh, in, in order to um, take advantage of what they believe will be uh, the, the growth uh, of the Indian uh, economy. And, uh, and what's going on in India is, is quite Interesting, but that is a huge country with a large population. Um, it has issues uh, it, that that it you know social issues that that it's not resolved. Uh, but um, China China is an interesting problem. Um, where their their economy is not growing uh, at at all, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and they have a ma they have major issues in, in commercial real estate, uh, and um, they they have tried to diversify their economy in such a way that that instead of having to rely exclusively on foreign trade, uh, they they would have more internal consumption, mm -hmm. and so far that's you know an objective, but it has not been has not been achieved uh, at, at this time. Yeah, and remember when Japan was the financial rock star of the world for a while? And yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it was. They're an it, aging country. It was, we all are, really. Aging well, yeah, population. Uh, yeah, when you get into demographics, uh, our population is not growing uh, fast enough. Uh, we, we have about 1.2 to 1.5 uh, people, uh, you know, per, uh, per live birth, and, and that is not an industrialized country needs better than two percent mm -hmm. in order to maintain its its growth. So we do need, we do need immigration. The question is, what type of immigrant uh, do we do we want uh, that will add to uh, our our economy as opposed to being a burden mm. uh, on the uh, economy? And countries like Canada or Australia have a skills-based uh, immigration system. We do not, we, we don't, but if you have investments of over a million dollars, you, you can get, you can get a permanent uh, entry exit visa uh, into the United States, not a green card, it's a permanent entry exit visa uh, because of your investment interests uh, in the United States. So uh, there are uh, people obviously who, who uh, hold, hold that status. 
Um, does not get them through the TSA line any faster, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I've traveled with some of them. I mean, they get very upset. You know, and you're right. A lot of people argue that, uh, that you know, we need to cut population and it's too much. It's out of hand. But you're right about the U.S. population, the birth rate. It's, it's less than two per woman. Yeah, our, our, pop, yeah, our population growth is, is a very serious... Uh, 1.6. It's a very serious problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have a reverse brain drain. We, we have uh, enough people who come into the country, get PhDs, get other advanced degrees, go to some of the uh, learning institutes, uh, certifications, and so on. They'd like to stay in the United States. Mm-hmm. They'd like to um, uh, work here, raise their families, and so on. But they're uncertain about uh, our immigration uh, situation, so they go back to go Europe back. or Asia. Yeah, yeah. And we and we we lose we lose people that I would prefer, you know, to to be here, but uh, but but can't can't stay. I mean, it's very painful to see some of the uh, really high quality, well educated people. You know, just leave, not because they want to, but because out of fear that uh, they won't be able to stay. Well, look, at you know, I just searched which country has the lowest birth rate, the lowest. South Korea in the past 20 years has recorded some of the lowest fertility and marriage levels in the world. As of 2022, South Korea is the country with the world's lowest total fertility rate or fertility rate of 0.78. It doesn't. Uh, you know what? Um there is there there is a theory uh, among some uh, demographers and some historians, political scientists as well, that that if people are happy in a country and they're satisfied with their life, they're optimistic about the future, they they live free of fear, uh, population will grow, and if if those conditions are not met then population is artificially restricted. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I mean, I, I think if you lived in South Korea, uh, you have to be fearful oh, of, of, course. Uh, of, yeah. of the North. Absolutely. And of China. And of China. So I don't, so I, you know, I am surprised that it is the lowest, but in another sense, I'm, I'm not because of the uh, theories of, of people that have, of the type of people I've just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Can certainly understand that. Good stuff as always, Fred. And uh, Fred gives us uh, many things to think about each week on the podcast. If you'd like to scroll through the other 131, (laughs) this is podcast 132. The other 131, Fred makes them available and links you to them at his website, moneymattersusa.net. And we're going to keep cranking them out. Thanks so much for being with us on Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only 
performance of fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.